But you know, um, the Bible says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. You ever read that? Uh, Paul said, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Do you guys know how much those of us without talent eagerly desire just to, to we just want to be like Adam. I just want to, I just want to, he is so cool. I mean, when you can play and sing and look more like, more like him than Archie, you know, I would be like Archie. There are a few people who know who Archie is. Thank you so much. You know, um, those of us who have been in church for, for a while, uh, more than 20 years, we have seen praise and worship do a lot of things and it has grown and become what it is today. Um, wow. Thank you guys so much. Pastor Joel, thank you for what you do every week. It's awesome. Um, hey, how are you? Good to see you. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm not the pastor, but we do have one. It's a good thing. And he'll be here in three weeks from today. He's making transit. Yes. Um, pastor Alan Malloy, we, we held a vote last week. It was overwhelmingly in favor, uh, amazingly overwhelming. Anytime you can get that much agreement, a bunch of Christians, it's a, it's a God. Um, but uh, So he'll be here in three weeks, the 1st of November. He's making transition right now, saying goodbye to his church family at Pathway Church in Mobile, Alabama. Um, he will be here, and we're super excited. So, um, so you're stuck with me today. Uh, sorry about that, but it'll be all right. It's good. Um, my name is Dr. Thomason. I get the privilege and honor of being a principal at Creekview High School every day. I'm, I hang out with 1,871 of the most fantastic people in the world. They are, some of them are in the room, and some of them are studly football players who crushed a team Friday night. We won't talk about too much about that. But anyway, um, we're glad they're here. And so today, um, we're, we're continuing, actually concluding the series that was begun four weeks ago, the Visible Series. Um, you may remember that Pastor Joel uh, started talking about mission and vision and, and how that plays uh, a part in all of our lives. And then Pastor Russ talked about the love portion of who we are and how, that, how we walk that out. Um, Pastor Travis then talked about the live portion and told some great stories about how he's walking out his faith. Um, and then last week... Um, well, it, it, we were here and they did a vote, and, but now we're going to conclude this series, okay? Love and live and give. Yeah, give, okay? Now, I, I was telling uh, one of the other elders, I have, um, I have had portions of this message for 30 years and never had an opportunity because, you know, it's been, you just don't get the opportunity to talk about giving as a layperson, you don't get that opportunity. And when the guys, when we when we were strategizing about the series, um, I didn't I didn't beg for this. I, I didn't. I honestly didn't. I let them, you know. But when it landed for me to do this message, I thought, yes. okay. So I, I'm 30 years excited about sharing what I'm going to share with you this morning. So we're going to get into this, um, and. Uh, See what God might say to you. That's the most important part. Uh, if I can get my iPad to behave. Here we go. Bing. I love electronics. Can't shoot them. They don't work so well when you shoot them. Okay. So before we get into, I, I need to lay some groundwork so that your faces don't do this the whole time I'm talking about giving, right? Because for some reason, it's crazy 
Jesus talked about money more than any other single subject other than the kingdom of heaven. He talked about money. He talked about giving. Okay? He did. It's crazy that we in the church are afraid to talk about giving. So, I ain't scared. All right? Bring it. All right. So, here we go. Before I get into this, um, when, when I grew up in church, and I've been in church a long, long time. It's all I've ever done. I'm 53 years old, so I, I was born in the church. And so we used to have memory verses. Anybody, anybody been in church long enough to remember memory verses, right? So we got a memory verse today we're going to work on. And before you leave here today, you're going to be able to say this. You probably already can say this. Pop it up there. Here we go. Memory verse number one. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Okay, now, that's the verse. We're going to say that all together. You ready? One, two, three. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. One more time, I'm feeling it now. You, you're starting to get into this. Here we go. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. One more time because some of y'all are really getting it anointing now. Here we go. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. What that says to me is, it's a lamp to my feet so I can see where I'm stepping and a light to my path so I can see where I'm going. It's a lamp to my feet to see where I am right now and a light to my path so I can see where God's calling me to be. You with me? Your word. Now, it's not my word. It's not even your word. It's your word is a lamp to my feet, tells me where I am right now, and a light to my path. If you don't get any, some of y'all just went, ooh, that's speaking to me already, okay? So take away number one. His word, what he is saying, what he says is true, that, is, that tells us where we are and where we need to go. You with me? All right, here we go. In Genesis 1 or 3, there's a classic piece of Scripture that you have read and heard and learned and since you, you, whenever you became a Christian, this is the classic quintessential where did evil come from, right? Here we go. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God made. Anybody in the room like snakes? Not a fan. Okay. We got deliverance for you. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so here's this snake. And he said to the woman. Who's the woman? Okay, so this is the very beginning. Remember, Adam and Eve. He says to the woman. Now, there's the first freaky part of this thing. The snake is talking. I'm thinking just because the way I feel about snakes, ain't going to have a conversation with a snake. Ain't going to happen. Ain't going to talk to a snake. I'm running from the snake. I don't want to be around a snake. But here he is. Though he said to the woman, did God really say? Snake talking to a woman said, now, Hollywood wants you to believe it was this kind of voice. Did God really? No, here's what that voice sounded like. Hello. Might I bother you for a moment? Did God really say? Do you know how I know that? Because ain't nobody having a conversation with a snake than snakes talking. I'm running. I ain't having a conversation when a snake talks like that. But a snake that comes up and says, hello, just, just a moment. 
Um, perhaps did God really say this? I'd be okay. Well, he looks freaky, but I'll talk to him. Did God really say? Did God really say? Hey, um, you know I had this thought. Uh, did God really tell you that? Have you ever had this before? Have you ever been there? You know what God told you to do, and, and, and you, there's something that says, hmm, did, did God really, I don't, man, you know, I don't know if that was really God. I know I read it, but I don't really know if that applies to me. I don't know if it applies to my life. I don't, yeah. <laughs> uh, can we go back to our memory verse for just a second? Let's say it together. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Okay? Did, did, did God really say anything about giving? See, so here's what I want you to do today as we talk about this. If perhaps we read a scripture and you think, well, I don't, I don't really know if that applies to me. I, don't know. I want you to say, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I don't care how mad you get about some scriptures I'm going to read. I just want you to say, thy word is a lamp. It's like 10 breaths. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Lord, all he's doing is reading the word and it's making me a little uncomfortable, but your word is a lamp to my feet, tells me where I am, and a light to my path tells me where I need to go. You with me? All right, here we go. Now, biblical giving. Why do I give? Why do we in the kingdom of God give? What is the rationale? What is the purpose? What is the why do we give? Classic scripture. Not gonna make, I ain't making this up. Not making it up. John 3, 16. How many of you can quote it? Here we go. For God so loved the world that he gave. Stop. Let's do that again. For God so loved the world that he gave. Stop. One more time. For God so loved the world that he gave. Stop. What's connected here? Love, give. Wax on, wax off. If you don't understand that illustration, you are too young. Okay? Love, give. Love, give. Love, give. Come on, Dr. T, it can't be that simple. Yeah, I'm sorry, that's what the word says. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. That's where I'm going. Love, give. Giving in the kingdom always starts with love. 
I'm going to say something here. It's going to offend somebody. If you are giving because of a need, you are not giving by kingdom motives. You are giving by carnal motives. If you are giving because of some need that is presented to you and it's purely you give out of that need, you are being carnal. Nothing wrong with that, but there ain't nothing necessarily kingdom or right about that either. Now, if a need comes and God says to you, I want you to be a part of that and give, that's different. But when you see those poor children starving wherever else in the world on TV and suddenly your little heart just goes, oh, I'm going to stroke them a check, you're not necessarily giving out of love. You're giving out of guilt. You're not giving out of love. You're giving out of guilt. You're not going to be blessed in that. Oh, wait, I thought I could just give when I felt like giving. Mm, that ain't what the word says. The word says love gives. Guilt can, but it's not kingdom. Give out of love, right? Let me give you a little help here. You'll never forget this. God is generous and he gives. He gave you a whole lot. He gave the most precious thing he had, okay? God is generous and he gives. Ready? Satan is selfish and he steals. <laughs> Sorry. It's really that simple. God is generous because of his love he gives. Satan is selfish because he's self-centered. He steals. So you get to decide which team you want to play for, right? It's really that simple. Okay, so why do we give? We give because of love. We give because of love. We give because of love. That is the why. All right, let's say our memory verse for us. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So therefore, I give because I love. I do not give because of guilt condemnation, anything else. If the Holy Spirit convicts me to give, that's different than condemnation. You know how? You know how you know the difference between condemnation and conviction? Condemnation makes you feel like this. Conviction compels you and draws you further into the kingdom. Difference, okay? So, when do we give? When do we give? You're like, dude, I don't know. You're up there. Tell me. When do we give? Genesis 4.1. When I saw this, I got to be honest with you. Um, I, have, I have wrestled, uh, 53 years old, been in church all my life. There's never a time Deanna hadn't been in church. That's just where, where I grew up, you know, that's, that's all I've known. But this scripture has perplexed me until recently. Because I didn't get it, and I think I do. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Okay, so Cain and Abel, first offspring from Adam and Eve. Got the picture? Okay, here we go. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, meaning he was a 
rancher, <laughs> okay? But Cain was a tiller of the ground. He was a farmer, rancher, farmer. Follow me so far. Okay, here we go. And in the process of time, in the process of time, that's a key phrase here. I want you to see because when this hit me, I was like, oh, 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 oh man. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Seems like a great thing. What's wrong with that? He brings an offering to the Lord. That's a good thing, right? This is yes, this is no. If you bring something to the Lord, that's a good thing. Do this. Yes. Okay. Abel also brought of the firstborn. What does that mean? We're talking about when do we give. Cain, in the process of time, talking about when, okay, process of time, eh, okay, a little time's passed, I think I'll do this. Abel brought the firstborn of his flock. Process of time, firstborn of his flock. Process of time, firstborn of his flock. Now watch this. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. I just made somebody mad in here. I know I did. It's okay. Look, this is probably the last time I'm ever preaching here. Nobody will ever ask me to preach here again. Remember, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Let's don't add anything or tell. Oh, well, obviously there was this wrong with Cain. Or don't do that. Look at what the Scripture says. What's the only difference between these two offerings? Time. Time. Because we know from Levitical law, God accepted grain offerings, right? This later in the law, God accepted offerings from, from the fruit of the ground. In fact, I'll show you some scriptures that talks about it. It's not the what. It's the when. Some of y'all just got mad at me. Look, the king, I, I'm just reading what he said. The only difference here is when it was offered. Cain gave it in the process of time. In other words, I'm going to go on and take care of feeding. I'm going to go on and take care of what I need. I'm going to go on and take care of this. And then when I get around to it, God, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to go on and take care of all of my bills. I'm going to go on and take care of all of this. I'm going to go on. Here's what I'm going to do, God. Here's my plan. Here's my plan, God. Here's the way I'm going to give to you. I'm going to give to you, God. But I'm going to take care of everything, and then I'm going to come back. When I, when, I, when I get in the process of time, when I get around to it, I'm going to give to you, God. Abel says, Lord, I'm so grateful and thankful for everything you, you're going to do for me. I'm going to give you the very first. Because you, you, how many firstborns do we have in a room? Right? Your mama didn't have no promise of anything else. 
You were it. She was looking at you and going, wow. This is it, God? Yep, firstborn. No promise of anything else. What's the difference here? I'm going to tell you what I think the difference is. When you give the first and you got no promise that another one is coming, that takes faith. When you got no promise of anything else and you give it and say, God, I'm trusting you because I got nothing else, that takes faith. When you do it, oh, God, I'm going to do all this, and then I'm going to bring you what's left over. That doesn't take any faith. And I think that's the difference and why God respected Abel and did not respect Cain's offering. It's the only difference I see here. Hebrews 11.6 says this, Without faith, It is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You can't please the king. Say, well, I thought all things were possible. With God they are, but not with you. It's impossible to please God. It's impossible. Possible to please God without faith. Now, how do we express faith? James is very plain. He says, look, I'm going to tell you something. Faith without some works, dead, 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 not happening. But when you demonstrate and act in faith, there's the evidence that you've got faith. How in the world can we please God? That's actually pretty simple. Have faith. How do we demonstrate faith? Here's one way. Give him the first. Exodus 23, 19 says, The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. I'm so glad I get to preach this because, see, I'm not on salary. I don't get a dime out of this. I'm trying to tell you how to live blessed in the kingdom. I'm not getting anything out of this. Poor guys who are on salary here. I'm sure that's why you guys thought, let's let him preach that message. I'm not, look, I'm trying to tell you how the kingdom works. The when is first. The why is love. The when is first. Now, I need, I need, I need, uh, I need some dollar bills. Let's, let's make this. I got one, two. Three, four, five. Anybody got a dollar bill I can ha- borrow? I'll borrow. I'll give it back to you. Anybody got a dollar bill? Oh, you you, you think no. Anybody got a dollar? You got a dollar? Look at this man. He's, he's got one. It'll come back to you multifold. I need I need four more. Here we go. got four? Oh, there's one. I need, uh, how many did I say? I need three. Oh, I feel like, oh, look at this. I'll never remember who gave me these. Y'all have to come back. We're going to pray. Now, what y'all didn't know is God told me he's going to multiply these, so y'all are all getting a $100 bill. No, I, okay, so if, if, if we're going to talk about the first, how do I know? Right? 
I don't know what the first is. We're going to get into that. Right? What's the first that I give? Well, let's say that I owe Russ $2. What's your name? And let's say I owe Mike 5 And let's say I owe Nathan 3 If I start doling this out, is God getting first? This is no, this is yes. If I start doling this out, is God getting first? No. So I got to take care of what God says first and trust Him to provide me to pay these others, right? You follow me so far? So the why is love. The when is... That was a little weak. Let's go again. The why is... The when is... Let's do it. Y'all getting it now. The why is... The when is... All right, now, the, the, here's the one y'all really, y'all going to start doing this. I tell you, I've been in church 53 years. It's the only thing I've ever known. The how much gets more people sideways in the kingdom than any other single topic that preachers preach about. I am not a preacher. I'm a teacher. It's what I do. It's my calling in life. Okay? I'm going to teach you the how much, and it's going to help you understand the kingdom. You understand the why is? You understand the when is? Now I'm going to teach you the how much. Over the years, it's hilarious to hear people. Talk and argue about this. It really is. People argue about this more than any single topic in Christian, and I don't know why. Right? Because the Bible is very, very plain, and now I know why they argue about it. I do know why. Because they're not letting the Word, the Word, His Word, be a lamp to their feet and a light to their path. They're letting the enemy come in and say, Hello, has God really said that? Like, I'm not sure that God said that. Let's think about that a while. And all the while, the kingdom of God is going on, and the people that get the revelation are living in the revelation, and they're being blessed, and they're standing there going, I don't know why God won't bless me. He blesses Russ all the time. I don't understand why Nathan's blessed. I don't know why God's not blessing me. And they're missing the very thing God's saying. Hello, let me help you. Here it is. Classic scripture. I want to point out a few things. Malachi 3, verses 8 through 12. Will a man rob God? Now let's go back to our little tutorial mnemonic device. God is generous and gives. For God so loved the world that he gave, right? God is generous and gives. Satan is selfish and he steals. So let's go to this scripture. Will a man rob God? Satan is selfish and he steals. And he says, has God really said that? Okay, you get that. Yet you have robbed me by, uh, but you say this. In what way have we robbed you? That's a decent question. You're saying I robbed you, God. How have I robbed you? Here it is. 
In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Some of y'all are going, I, I, I knew I should have gone somewhere else today. I knew that I did not need to come. It, oh, you're here. God knew you were going to be here. So open your ears and let his word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Okay? You have robbed me. Now he goes on. He said, go ahead. We're good. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me in this. This is the one time where God says, please, please test me as a teenager. Please test me in this. Try me in this. I promise I will come through for you. I promise. Watch what the promise is. This blows me away. See if I will not open for you the witness. I'm telling you, you're just beginning to see it. God's got some things. Your destiny and your purpose, because you're willing to give this part and understand this part, your destiny and purpose goes, and God has opportunities for you that are expanded because you're, sorry, I'm just having a little conversation. I'll be back. When you're faithful in a few things, God makes you a ruler over many. Do you understand? Okay, sorry. We'll talk more about that later. So if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will be not enough room. Really? Come on, God. You're being a little, ain't you getting a little extreme there, God? I'm not making this up. This is what God says. There will not be enough room to receive it. Can you imagine... What it's like when you're so obedient to what God says that you don't have enough room to receive all his blessing and you got to go, dude, God, I don't know what to do with all this. What are you telling me to do? How awesome is that? Some of y'all aren't convinced yet. And I will rebuke the devourer. Who's the devourer? Satan, selfish, steals. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all nations will call you blessed. For you will be a delightful land. Now, who said that? Read the last line together. That ain't Dr. T said it. I didn't say that. I'm just reading. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. I can see some of y'all right now. You're going, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. Because you're so mad right now with me, you can't stand it. Don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you what the word says. Why do we give? Love. When do we give? First. How much do we give? It's a mathematical principle. It's the tithe. 10%. Now, again, I've been in church all my life. And people argue this point about how much, okay? I just want to show you a few things. The law says 10%. I want to read that to you. In the law, Leviticus 27.30, it says, And all the tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It's the Lord's. It is holy, set apart. It is pushed 
to him. It belongs to him. It is his. Say, well, I'm under grace. I don't live under the law. Okie dokie. Pre-law. Hundreds of years before the law was instituted, let me, let me show you this. Genesis 14, 18 to 20. Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, the God of the God, of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him a tenth of all. Long before the law, Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth. Long before the law was ever instituted. Why? Out of honor. Out of love. How do we know Melchizedek was a type uh, or Melchizedek was a recipient? In Hebrews 7, 1, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abram gave, Abram gave a tenth uh, part of all, first being translated the king of righteousness and then also the king of Salem, meaning king of peace, without father, without mother. He's a type of Christ. Abraham is giving a tenth. Before the law ever existed, he gave a tenth to the type of Christ. Some of y'all are going to go home and say, uh. and, and, and I, over the years, again, long, long time, Pastor Russ, in, in this thing, I've met people who say, well, if Jesus didn't say it, I don't really think it, it applies. If Jesus didn't say tithe, it doesn't apply. If you're sitting there and the enemy's saying that to you, let me read you this, okay, because Jesus did say a tenth is the kingdom. Watch this. This is in Luke eleven forty two. But woe to you churchgoers who sit on your thumbs and, and do things that you think are right. He called them Pharisees. I just paraphrased that. Woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass by justice and the love of God. What's he saying? You do it, but you don't do it with the right motive, so it don't count. Watch what he says here. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. What's he saying? The, you ought to tithe without forgetting justice and love. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The why is love. The when is first. The what starts. Now watch this because I'm really going to mess with some of you right now. The how much starts at 10%. Notice my word there. It starts with 10%. Let me show you that. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 17 through 19, Do not think that I came to destroy the law and the prophets. I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law until it is fulfilled. Some of you still in your spirit, you're, you're arguing with, with what the word says. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me demonstrate it this way. The law said you shall not murder. Right? 
Remember that? One of the big ten. Top ten. Top ten reasons to follow God. Do not murder. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? In the, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Yeah, you've heard it said, don't murder. I'm telling you, don't even be angry with your brother. What? Yeah, I'm calling you to a higher level of accountability. You've heard it said, don't murder. I'm telling you, don't even be angry that you feel like murdering him, like you do, some of you feel about me right now. <laughs> Jesus is talking to you. You've heard it was said, do not commit adultery. What did Jesus say? I don't want you even to lust. I'm taking you to a higher level of accountability. Don't murder, don't be angry. Don't commit adultery, don't even lust. Jesus said, you've heard it said, love your neighbor. I'm telling you, love your enemy. Come on, God. Come on, Jesus. You can't paraphrase like that. That ain't even right, man. You are calling me to live outside of myself. I don't even have the power to do that. I don't have, there is no way humanly, humanly, humanly possible to live that way. And he said, you got it. There's not. But if you submit your spirit to me, you can live without anger, without lust. You can love your enemy and pray for those who despitefully use you. You can live a higher plane of reality if you will submit to my kingdom. And then somebody says, you have heard that it was said, you shall tithe. And Jesus comes along and says, I'm calling you to that and more. submit to me all things are possible there's so many things I want to say right now but Holy Spirit look the blessings of walking under an open window of heaven are available to us all. But there's not a convincing word that I can say that there's nothing clever that I can convince you that God's calling you to a higher level of reality in your finances. There's nothing I can say. But the Holy Spirit is here. And boy, He is saying to some of you, you know what? You've never tested me in this. Come on. Some of you have been tithing for years and God's saying, you know what? I'm, I'm going to challenge you in the next little while. Not, not because I need... Look. God doesn't need your money. He doesn't. He's got the cattle on a thousand hills. I don't know what cattle are worth, but that's a lot of money. 
He's got everything he needs except one thing. Your heart. I want to show you one last scripture. Remember, please remember, when you walk out of here, look, <laughs> I'm quite convinced they were never asked me to preach again. Quite convinced. So this is it. The reality is, God put me here today for some of you to understand and get a revelation, not information, a revelation of how the kingdom works. The kingdom works by love. We give out of love. We give the first so that God respects first gifts. God respects that. The how much starts with 10%. Luke 12, 32. I conclude with this. Jesus is talking again and he says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In other words, I I get this picture of a father. I've seen fathers. I'm not a father, um, uh, uh, naturally. I have I have spiritual sons and daughters, but I, I'm not. But but I've seen fathers over the years. I watch them all the time. I can see them now. I've seen some in this room. Child comes to them and says, "Can I fill in the blank? Can I have the can I?" And that dad, the dads in the room, you guys act all tough, especially if it's a little girl. Oh, dude, game on like Donkey Kong. Pulling out what you need, honey, baby. They're, it is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He goes on and says, sell what you have and give alms. Provide yourselves money bags which do not grow old, a treasure in the heavens that does not fail where no thief Satan selfish steals no thief approaches nor moth destroys now listen some people get this backwards I want you to hear what the word says because that gives you light to your feet and lamp lamp to your feet and light to your path you ready for where your treasure is Where it is, where your treasure is, so me know where I'm going. There, 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 your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, he didn't say where your time is. He didn't even say where your talent is. See, Jesus Jesus messed in people's business all the time. I'm messing in yours right now. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. You spending your money wherever? Look, let, let let me close this way. I got 10 $1 bills here. I'm going to bring this home because I'm a simple guy. I got 10, 10, 10, 10 $1 bills. 10 bucks, right? What does God ask for? 
to start with. He asked for one of them. Which one? The first. How do I determine the first? Here's how I determine the first, by my actions. Are you with me? Because in our, in our way of doing it, it's a little more difficult. We just get a check, right? So I think God has grace for us to understand we don't have a first dollar. Right, Doug? I mean, we don't get... That's a little... So it's what comes out. So I take which one? The first one I spend, and I say, God, this is yours. It's all yours, but you ask me to do this. Now, thank you for this. Multiply this, bless this. read one scripture because I because some of you some of you mm, 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 mm. Romans 11:16 if the first fruit is holy what does that mean set apart if the first fruit is holy watch this the lump is also holy if the root is holy so are the branches. You want to see what God can do? Set apart what He says is His kingdom principle and watch Him do what only He can do. Rebuke the devourer. Open the windows of heaven so that you have so many tips, you don't know what to do with them. You're like, God, I need some help here. What? Pastor Joel, what would it be like if people were praying every day, God, I've got, I, I got so much money, I don't really know what to do. Can you help me out here? How do people pray about finances right now? What? God, I don't have enough. How am I, I going to live? What would that be like in the kingdom? What would it be like in this church? If there was, if the prayer was, God, I don't know what to do, God. I don't know what to do. I got so much, I don't know what to do. Do you know that's his promise? Out of obedience. Thy word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Lord, I see that you want me to give out of love, not out of condemnation, not out of you know, you, you want me to give out of love. Lord, I, I see that your word says it's the first fruits. I get it. Lord, I'm even willing to admit it's pretty clear, even Old Testament, pre-law, Jesus said, it's a tenth. But what do I do? What do I do, God? do with this let's pray Holy Spirit only you can bring us to true and powerful revelation of your kingdom only you can live beyond 
teach us to live beyond our carnal and natural minds. Only you can truly lead us into the kingdom that is righteousness, peace, and joy. And I ask you now, Holy Spirit, to begin to speak to hearts and minds. I ask you to begin to speak your word that is true. And that, Lord, as you speak to our hearts and minds, that we would do one thing. We would listen and we would obey. That we would listen and we would obey. 